0: Hi, my name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and you're listening to Firstline. I'm a student doctor in my third year of medical school, and I'm here to bridge the gap between sophisticated doctor talk and oversimplified patient education to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, Firstline covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person body, mind, and spirit. First Line is now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon and Audible, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Player FM, and Podbean. This is part three of a series on personality disorders. I highly recommend listening to the first two episodes that I did on personality disorders. Even though these don't have to be listened in any particular order, I do go a little bit more in general about personality disorders and what makes it a disorder. Also, a little bit more information on cluster B, which this week I'm going to be talking about the two remaining personality disorders in cluster B, histrionic personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder. Let's start with histrionic. These people are dramatic and attention seeking. It's estimated that 2% of the general population have histrionic personality disorder. It is more commonly diagnosed in women, but it is thought to be about equal in both males and females. Those with histrionic personality disorder have a need to be the center of attention and without it they often feel depressed. To be the center of attention they often use their physical appearance being lively, flirtatious, open, and enthusiastic. They often have rapid shifts of dramatic emotion which others often perceive as faking. They're often sexually provocative and seductive and they also consider relationships to be more intimate than they really are. So they will call someone their best friend even if they just met them a few minutes ago. They like to be life of the party, and they often fish for compliments. When they speak, it's often very vague in content, not really including too much details, and they're often bored with their usual routine. They definitely prefer new relationships that are more exciting to old ones that might grow stagnant histrionic personality disorder has the best prognosis of any of the cluster B disorders, which means that they are more likely to become functional in society. And this is because their behavior is often limited to the realm of intimacy and romance, which causes them to have a little bit of better capacity for them to create stable and meaningful relationships outside of that and to function in the workplace and home life as well. In more severe cases, however, their behavior might spread a little bit to other realms of their life and can lead to impaired professional and interpersonal functioning. People with histrionic personality disorder more commonly have substance abuse, depression, somatic symptom disorder, which is formerly known as as being a hypochondriac. Conversion disorder, which is when emotions show up as neurological signs, and anxiety. It is able to be treated with long-term psychodynamic psychotherapy. To be diagnosed, you would need to have a pervasive pattern of excessive emotionality and attention-seeking starting in early adulthood and exists in a variety of contexts, as well as five or more of the following symptoms. Number one, uncomfortable when you're not the center of attention. So you need that attention, and if you don't, you feel uncomfortable. Two, interaction with others is characterized by being inappropriate, being seductive, or provocative. And this can be just in flirtatious behavior or can be in the way that they dress. And they are going out of their way to do this, and of course it's also linked to the first one of being the center of attention, but this is specifically saying that it is very sexual in nature as well. Number three, rapidly shifting expression of emotion. So you're going from being super happy, enthusiastic, laughing, to one second litter, crying, being sad, and just having rapid shifts like that. And it's often also referred to as shallow emotion in that they're very vague with how they're feeling. They just kind of show it and it looks like faking. It. it looks shallow. It looks like just what they're portraying on the surface. It doesn't look like they actually feel that emotion. Number four. Using physical appearance to draw attention to oneself. So, not necessarily in a sexual way, but it certainly can be. They can also just wear, kind of picture Lady Gaga, some kind of meat dress. Over the top, costume-like appearance that is not necessarily a, just a show of self-expression. This is to draw attention. So the motivation is important here. Number five, speech that is impressionistic and lacking in detail. Their speech is meant to draw attention to themselves, but because it is for show, it's very vague and it doesn't have a lot of detail. Number six, theatricality, an exaggerated expression of emotion. So again, they are playing up how they're feeling in order to be interesting or to draw attention to themselves or to seduce. All of those motivations can be there. Seven, being suggestible. So this just means that they're easily influenced by others and the circumstances they're in. They adjust kind of like a chameleon to what is going on around them. Number eight, considering relationships to be more intimate than they really are. So they might Think that someone is in love with them just because they smiled at them. But of course, like all personality disorders, I feel like I have to say this over and over again. There is so much of a spectrum of severity here. I'm sure you can think of people in your life that they might have one or two of these. They can want to be theatrical or they want to use their physical appearance to draw attention to themselves, but that's too criteria where you would need five to have this personality disorder and then you have to remember also that to be a personality disorder it has to affect your functioning and or cause distress and you can think especially with a male having this personality disorder how different that is perceived than if a female has this disorder just think of people like Lady Gaga and other artists that are very feminine and show themselves and express themselves very openly and even in a sexual way. And I am not saying Lady Gaga and similar entertainers have this disorder. This is just an illustration to make it easier to understand. But then you can think of a man doing this and society doesn't really look upon it the same way, especially if you're looking at someone outside of the entertainment industry. If it was just someone at work acting like that who was a man, you can see how that would greatly affect their daily functioning. And so there's a lot of different aspects to look at here that add a lot of depth to personality disorders and how these people function regularly. Next up is narcissistic personality disorder. This is very commonly used colloquially to describe anyone that thinks highly of themselves these days, but to be a true narcissist it probably takes a lot more than you think, so let's talk about this. Of course you can also have narcissistic traits which would apply to anything that I'm going to discuss, but to truly have Narcissistic Personality Disorder, again, has to interfere with your day-to-day functioning or cause distress. People with Narcissistic Personality Disorder often feel entitled, and they have an elevated sense of self. They often have fantasies of success and power, and an excessive need for admiration from others. It is estimated that 6% of the general population has narcissistic personality disorder. I did not say narcissistic traits, I said clinical narcissistic personality disorder, 6%. It is more common in men. People with this disorder often have underlying feelings of inferiority and envy which, of course, they portray something very different, but this is what is motivating their actions is this underlining feelings of inferiority and envy for others. They're jealous, and this doesn't apply to all of them, but when they do have these underlying feelings, this is called the covert type. Underneath it, they're very different, and they often Present to psychiatry or psychology with chronic depression because of this sense of self that they then need to portray another form of themselves to the world in order to deal with that inner critique. It's interesting about this this covert type elevated sense of self that they have is because they have this sense of moral superiority. Due to their suffering and their chronic depression, their inferiority and envy, this suffering, because they see it as morally superior, it bolsters their self-esteem that they are suffering through that low self-esteem, and therefore they show themselves to the world with this elevated sense of self because of this moral viewpoint, which is so interesting. I hope I said that in order to make sense. When I was first learning this in psychiatry, I don't think I really understood it until learning it a second time when I'm like, oh, that that does kind of make sense. So I'll say it one more time just to lock this in because it gives so much depth to people that are narcissistic, whether they have the narcissistic traits or whether they have the personality disorder, a lot of them feel this way. So let me say it again. They deal with chronic depression. They deal with feelings of being inferior to other people and also envying other people, being jealous of other people and what they have, which you would think would lead to deeper depression for most people. But the narcissist will see this suffering as almost being a badge of honor that they're able to suffer through that. So then they feel morally superior for having suffered. And this moral superiority makes, makes them feel then superior to others and then they increase their self-esteem and they're able to have these characteristics of what you would expect in a narcissist, feeling better than everyone else, needing the admiration from others, but now you understand that it often has this deeper cause to it. That many of them cannot really express this emotion. A lot of times they won't even mention that they're chronically depressed but the few of them that do approach for treatment in psychiatry come and say that they're depressed. They won't say, oh, I'm depressed, but I feel better about myself for being depressed. No, they come because they understand that their underlining feeling is depression, but it takes them a long time to get there. A lot of self-reflection usually happens a little bit later in life when Like I said, a lot of these personality disorders kind of mellow out by the 30s and 40s. These people will then start to seek treatment, okay? Because of that, whether they have the covert type with depression underlining it, or whether they are just narcissistic and have that grandiose sense of self that they feel very highly about themselves, they are often seen as boastful and pretentious. They see themselves as special unique, and superior. They often only want to associate with others who are also gifted and special. Just like histrionic personality disorder, they often fish for compliments. They may be unwilling to take a risk if failure is possible. They're often seen as self-centered, arrogant, exploitive, lacking empathy because they only care about themselves, not other people. They might poorly tolerate criticism a lot of times because they're critical of themselves because they envy other people. And when they do receive criticism, it often leads to either emotional collapse and depression or alternatively, rage. So that's also how you kind of distinguish between the covert type versus the overt type, which is the rage. They often don't seek help because it makes them feel inferior. Like I said, it takes a lot of reflection for them to seek help. They often are vulnerable to depression, especially as they age. Unfortunately, they don't tolerate treatment well because they are often unable to acknowledge their own flaws. It's also common to also have anorexia nervosa or substance use disorder, especially cocaine. To be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, you will need to have a pervasive pattern of grandiosity, a need for admiration, a lack of empathy, in a variety of contexts, plus five or more of the following nine symptoms. Number one is a grandiose sense of self-importance, so they think highly of themselves They might exaggerate their achievements, talk about their talents, and they expect others to recognize them as superior. Number two, they are preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, or ideal love. Might be that they just obsess over their dream job, These are often the people that go around saying that they're going to be president one day and they're dead serious or CEO of a company and of course some people that is going to be truth for them but most of the time the narcissist is over exaggerating how successful they are going to be and with ideal love a lot of times they will say that they will date a famous celebrity because they're just that amazing. Number three. They believe that they are special and unique and need to be around other special and high-status people or institutions. They're different than everyone else around them and they only want to be around other people that are just as special. And often they use other people in order to look better themselves, but really... A lot of times they're just envying them even more and making themselves feel even worse, thus perpetuating their suffering and increasing their moral superiority. Number four, they require excessive admiration. So they want all the compliments, they want other people to know how great they are, but they would never repay the compliment to others. Number five, a sense of entitlement. So having unreasonable expectations, favorable treatment, and just other people to automatically go along with whatever they want because they're that great. Number six, being exploitive, taking advantage of others to achieve what they want, being a social climber, going along with a previous one, and just really only caring about themselves, but again, in a different way than antisocial personality disorder in that the narcissist is doing it to make themselves feel better, whereas the antisocial will do it because they have complete disregard for their rights. See the difference? Okay. Number seven, lacking empathy and being unwilling to... Identify with the feelings of others. So only their feelings are important and are often described as being facts and other people Their feelings aren't as important. This might sound a little bit like antisocial, but the narcissist is rarely if ever violent or aggressive. They are more in it for their self-image and because it takes a lot of time for them to feel good about themselves. So if they offer up their energy to other people, they won't have enough energy for themselves. Eight, envious of others or believe that others are envious of them. So this is something in psychiatry that is called projection, which means that if I am jealous of someone else, I will accuse them of being jealous of me. If I am angry at someone, I will accuse them of being angry at me. So it kind of shifts it to another person in order to deal with your own emotions. Number nine, arrogant behavior attitudes. So again, this goes along with a lot of what was previously said They just have an elevated view of themselves, whether that is because they think that they are talented and special, or that it's really just a moral superiority because of their suffering. So that rounds up Cluster B Personality Disorders. Next episode, we will be talking about Cluster C, which includes Avoidant Personality Disorder, Dependent Personality Disorder, and Obsessive-Compulsive Personality Disorder. This week's Bible verse that I chose specifically for any sort of mental health disorders, whether you have a personality disorder, whether you have depression, anxiety, chronic stress, bipolar. I hope that this Bible verse is comforting to you. It's from Isaiah 43.2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. You can send me a voice message using the Anchor app if you want to send me a comment, ask a question, or share any topic ideas that you want for an upcoming episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you take some time, just a minute of your time, to write a review. Hopefully it's five stars, but I really like honest reviews. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. so much for listening again i'm on instagram at first line podcast also on facebook facebook.com slash first line podcast you can reach out for any questions comments suggestions feedback i'd love to hear from you thanks again